Experience the beauty and emotion of Lent and Easter with Christianity Today's newest devotional, Easter, in the everyday. Thoughtful readings from a variety of pastors, theologians, and writers invite you into the emotional stages of Christ's journey, from humility to hope to love. Beginning on Ash Wednesday and ending at Pentecost, this digital devotional is perfect for individual or group study. Get it today at orderct.com slash easter24. This episode is brought to you in part by Richmond Graduate University. The field of mental health counseling is growing rapidly. Richmond Graduate University can equip you to become a licensed professional counselor, integrating your faith into your clinical practice. Programs are offered in Atlanta, Chattanooga, and online. Apply today at richmond.edu. This is Russell Moore, and you're listening to Signposts. I always like to get uh, correspondence from those of you who listen. If you don't know, you can send us um, emails, send us questions, send us uh, what you think of the program uh, or specific issues that you're dealing with to signposts at erlc.com. And I received a really interesting email from a new believer, uh, a young woman in Denmark. And she says, Dr. Moore, I've been listening to your podcast for a while. It's really helpful and useful to me as a new Christian to apply the gospel to specific uh, situations. She goes on to say she's born and reared in Denmark. It's where she lives. And she says, you have to know something about Danish culture. Spiritually, it is kind of dead. So that means there are not a lot of healthy boundaries. High school was a place with a lot of parties, drinking, and sex. Since I wasn't a Christian at the time, this seemed perfectly normal to me. So let's just say I've done my share of stupid, reckless things, and I'm in no position to judge. Now, the other day, she says, my non-Christian best friend, who I've known since high school, told me very casually that she had started dating this other girl and is still in the middle of breaking up with a boy. I didn't know that she was bisexual, so it's been kind of a shock to me. The thing is, I love her and I'm worried about her. Of course, this could be more experimenting since we're still in our early 20s, but what if it's more serious than that? I know that I don't have to judge her or stop being friends with her, but I also know that as a true friend, I must tell her the truth no matter how she's going to hate me. My question to you is basically, how ought I to handle this, and how do I stay gentle, loving, and supportive while expressing my firm beliefs? And she says, I always uh, have the guidance from God, and you guys uh, are helpful in that. Maybe in, in doing this question, you'll feel a stronger need to go on a mission trip to Denmark, which I would welcome any time. I would love to go on a mission trip to Denmark. And Emma, as I'm thinking about your question here, I actually think that you are further along in answering that question than you think. I mean, what I'm reading in your email, you're a new Christian, so you display an awful lot of spiritual maturity for someone who's a new Christian without a lot of, um, of support culturally as a Christian. Because what I hear you saying here is that you have very clear convictions about what the Bible teaches, you're maintaining connection with uh, non-Christian friends, and you're trying to figure out how to be convictional and how to be gentle at the same time. 
So if more Christians were just reflecting on all those issues, I mean, you're 90% of the way there uh, when it comes to your situation. So what I would say to you is this. Um, I like the fact that you are um, that you're taking into account your previous life as a non-Christian, you know, where you talk about, you know, I've done all kinds of, of reckless, sinful things, and you say, so I'm not in a in a position to to judge here. I, and I think you're actually it's another sign of your spiritual maturity that you're using judge in the right way. Judge not lest you be judged is a very popularly quoted Bible verse, and as um, an old uh, Christian scholar of the last uh, generation or of the mid-20th century, Clarence Jordan used to say, most people who quote that are quoting it simply as a matter of self-defense, and what they mean is don't have any moral discernment. You're not using it that way. You understand and you know that you are a sinner. That's exactly what Jesus is getting at. Jesus is not saying don't judge meaning don't, don't have moral discernment. He says, recognize that you will be judged with the same standards with which you judge others. And so the fact that you're taking into account that you're a sinner in need of God's grace, and so you want to deal gently but firmly with this friend, it shows me that you get that. You, you understand that. And so what I would just counsel you is to recognize that your friend's biggest problem is not the bisexuality. It's not the sexual relationship she's having right now. It's not whatever potential sexual relationship she may have in the future. Her biggest problem is is the same problem that all of us have apart from Christ, which is separation from God and separation from the life uh, that we have in God. And so what you don't want to indicate to her, even unintentionally, is the idea that somehow it's okay if she's worshiping other idols, which we all do apart from Christ, you know, regardless of whether those are, are beings that we call gods or whether those are, are things, relationships or careers or, or whatever, but that the sexual misbehavior is the real problem. No, those are all connected. That's all connected there. And so probably what's going on with your friend is if she knew you when you were not a Christian and she lives in a culture where there's not a lot of talk about Christianity and Christian things, she probably just doesn't even know that this is that this is going to be something that is morally troubling to you or to anyone else. And so I think what you ought to do is to do a couple things. One of them is to spend some time talking about what it means to be a Christian for you. I mean, but before you get into her, to make the positive case for what it means that you have decided through the power of the Holy Spirit to follow uh, Jesus Christ. And so um, you, you, sometimes people think that people are going to be uh, offended by that if we start talking about that. And of course, Jesus tells us if people are offended, we should still do it. But often people really aren't that offended if you just start talking about what has happened in your own life. Talk about what's different for you from the person that you were in high school 
And as you're doing that, uh, make sure that you're giving an actual gospel sort of testimony. Now, this is what is not a gospel testimony. I used to be terrible, then I met Jesus, now I'm great. That's not a gospel testimony. That's not what the gospel of Jesus Christ is. Gospel of Jesus Christ is, I was a sinner going in my own direction, then I met Jesus, now I am a sinner who is reconciled to God every single day by the power of the Holy Spirit, I am seeking to take up my cross and to follow Jesus. And it's really, really difficult for me to do that because I'm not yet freed from being a sinner and from living in a fallen world. And so make sure that the gospel is is central there in what you're talking about. So you're not saying, if you would just clean yourself up the way I have, then everything's going to be better for you. And secondly, I think have conversations with her about what's going on in her life. And I think you can do that in a way that isn't going to sound judgy. You're asking, you know, well, what are you really after here? And I think what you're going to find is that you're going to find someone who really thinks that she's going to be made happy by pursuing these non-covenantal sexual relationships. I mean, everybody thinks that. That's that's why the, the Bible tells us there's a way that seems right to us, and the end of it is death. And so explore a little bit about how she thinks this is going to make her happy, and then explore a little bit whether or not she really has any reason to think that it will. And as you're doing that, know that your friend has a conscience. She's made in the image of God. The conscience is testifying to her about the design that God has. Now, what we do outside of Christ is we want to suppress that conscience. We want to cover it over. We want to paper it over. And she's living in a culture where that's really easy to do because all of her peer group, they're all saying to her the same thing. This is fine. This is okay. There are no no consequences for this. And you just want to raise the question, what if everybody is wrong? And what if a sexual relationship really is meant to point to something else and build a bridge from the fact that she already thinks that to some degree. So even if she, even if she's the kind of person, and I don't know, but even if she's the kind of person who's saying, oh, sex really doesn't mean anything, sex is just recreational, sex is just casual, it really doesn't feel casual to her. She has some understanding or idea of love and commitment and fidelity, and she's able to be hurt when uh, people betray her in that, or when sex doesn't uh, live up to its expectations, because her expectations are going to be much higher than simply a physiological uh, reaction. And so ask her why. Why is that the case? And then as you're doing that, say, well, here's, here's what I think. I think that God created you to be in, I believe there is a God. I think that there's a meaning to life that's more than what what we can sense. And I think that sex is just one of those windows that we can see that there there's more to life than than just our everyday lives. And I think God created us to be in relationship to him. And I think that all of us are running in our own direction 
and we're trying to fill the void of that meaning with all of these other things. And some people fill it with sex, and some people fill it with chasing after money, and some people fill it with this kind of empty religiosity, but it doesn't ultimately satisfy. And I think that ultimately we're all going to give an account for our lives. And in some sense, she already believes that as well. The scripture says the conscience is pointing her toward judgment. She will have a sense of justice in some area in her life. And even if it's just if she does get mad at you, and she says, how dare you judge me? That's a moral category that she has. Don't, don't run away from that, run to it and say, you know that there's some objective standard of justice here. We just disagree on what it is and say, I think that ultimately what you need is not just moving from one relationship to another. And frankly, I think the answer to your problems is more than just living a, a life that is sexually moral, although sexual morality is, is important and a good way to live. Sexual morality is not enough to solve your problem. What you need is to be reconciled to God. And the question is, how do we ever get reconciled to God? And the way we get reconciled to God is, Jesus said, through him. So let's spend some time looking at him. And so treat this not as a one-time conversation. You've got this relationship with her. You've got this friendship with her. It's not the same thing as though you're sitting on a bus with her and, or a train with her and you're having to have this conversation in three minutes. So spend some time working through this and say, you know what? Let's do this. Ask her if she will read the Gospel of John or the Gospel of Mark or the Gospel of Luke, really any of the Gospels, and I typically choose the Gospel of John, and say, would you read this and would you pray, God, if you're there, would you show yourself to me as I read through this Gospel? Most people uh, will commit to do that. You know, they, they might not think it'll do anything, but they'll do that. That would be the inroad that I would take to having this conversation. And then make sure that you're, you're not only talking about this. I mean, some, sometimes people think, especially when they're new Christians, they think the way that I'm faithful to Christ is I suspend every other conversation uh, until we get this resolved. I, I don't think that's the way that we do it. Still be your friend. Still talk to her about you know what's going on in her life and about what's going on in your life. But through that, continue to, at the right moment, start drawing that conversation back to ultimate matters. And it may be that she just continues this, this path of, of sexual libertinism until something goes wrong and she's hurt and she's disappointed. And then she wants to know, who, who can I talk to? Who will be able to interpret this for me? That's okay. Uh, Holy Spirit often works that way. But then, of course, most importantly, this sounds cliche. It's not cliche enough. You know, a cliche is something that we repeat over and over again and kind of is something that's so trite and true that we ought to just automatically know it, uh, but we really don't. Pray for her. God works through the Holy Spirit in opening hearts that they can see things. He shines light into their hearts. And so continue to intentionally pray for her by name that God would reveal himself to her in the face of Jesus Christ. So that's my advice. But again, I think you are 
just based on your question. I don't know you, but I can, I can sense from the way that you're writing this question, you're really thinking about this already the right way. What about you? Those of you listening to the show today, do you have a, an issue that you're grappling with in your life? Well, they'll send it to me. Signposts at ERLC.com, and I'd love to take it up on a future program. This is Russell Moore, and you're listening to Signposts.